What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack Manis. And today you're listening to the 148th episode of the podcast. And today is one of my favorite episodes of the year. It is our fourth annual NFL preview show. Go fourth. It's the fourth, right? Um, we did must have done 18, 19, 20, 21. Sure, fourth. All right, so welcome back. Today, we will be doing uh just the AFC, and then we will be giving you the NFC in a in the subsequent episode. So, uh, buckle in and get ready for some, some disagreements because I'm sure they will ensue. <laughs> yeah, I'd bet on some disagreements as well. For sure. And we say this what feels like every year, but we are going to try our best to keep it concise. However, these tend to always be, without a doubt, one of our longest episodes. So we yeah. have no idea how long it's going to be. Um, and a little behind the scenes, we're going to be recording these back to back. So, you know, who knows by the, the last division of the NFC, we might be tired, but I won't. We're going to, we're going to forge through either way. And, uh, if it is long, we apologize. We try to make it a little bit more listenable by splitting it up into two different episodes um, and digestible. But I was thinking of that exact word. Digestible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Consumable by Hagar Nation. Correct. All right. So like I said, we will be starting with the AFC. We're going to be giving our records. Um, I'll mention some notable additions, subtractions, and then Jack and I will be giving a quick word about each team as we talk about them. And which division would you like to start off with, Jack? Um, how about the East, AFC East? All right. Let me flip to my AFC East notes. All right. So how do how how do you want to do this? Do you want to say like who? You can say who 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 are your division leader, and we can talk about that team first, and then we'll say what record we have for them. And what okay. We'll- so I'm sure we're going to agree on this division winner. I got the Bills at 14 and 3. We already have our first disagreement uh and I have the Bills 12 and 5. Okay, but you have them first. No, I don't. You don't have them first. I do not. All right. This was one of the um 
things I was going to adjust based off of the news today uh, that broke. But yes, I have the Buffalo Bills okay. in second place at twelve and five. And by news, I'm going to assume that's the Cam Newton release, Mac Jones' starting quarterback. But we'll get to that when we go talk to the Patriots. Um, right. So you have 14 and three. I have the Bills at 12 and five. Okay, but not too uh, much disagreement, I guess, on the talent of the team. Correct. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I looked at their notable addition subtractions. I couldn't really find anyone that noticeable. I know they, they added uh, Manuel Sanders. They lose John Brown, who also got released today by the Raiders. Um, but Jacob Hollister, I, I, I think I saw they added, and that's about it, I think, right? I mean, I, there's no one really notable else that comes to mind. It's generally the same team that competed last year. Um, offensively, I mean, in the draft, I just noted that they – went with two uh, defensive ends in their first two picks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you said it's like pretty much the same team as last year. They were solid on both ends. Um, decent, like a solid O-line too. Um, I guess what we can, what I wrote down here is, do you think that, the past dominance offense is sustainable. Uh, we saw with the Steelers last year, throwing it that many times, having the worst rushing attack in the league um, wasn't sustainable. Um, I think that the Bills running back core could be one of the worst in the league. So, um, do you think they'll be at all hindered by their uh, lack of run game? A little bit, but, you know, Josh, Adel Josh Allen provides a lot of, power running as well himself so that is cer certainly an element as well that is you can't really ignore um so maybe slightly but again what, what were they last year they were were they 13 and 3 last year yes okay so i have them being slightly worse but again still a very very good team i think they're very well coached obviously uh mcdermott is runs a very uh good organization over there i know he's not running the organization but he keeps the team uh, very well-structured and whatnot. Like you mentioned, they have a, I'd say, an above-average offensive line. Mm -hmm. And I really think they re-signed Matt Milano. That was definitely a good uh, right. re-sign for them as well to keep the, the core of the defense intact. Pretty well-balanced roster. I mean, like you said, the running backs may be the weak point of the team in general. But overall, I'd say it's a pretty well-balanced team, and they have a, yes. uh, a top – six to seven quarterback at the minimum on their team could be even higher by yeah. six ten. So yeah. Very complete defense. What I yeah, defense is fantastic. For sure. Um anything else? I mean like Jack and I aren't going to uh go through like who each team is beating and losing, but maybe if we have some major disagreements we might dive into okay, who do you have this team beating? Who do you have this team losing to and whatnot. Right. I don't think it's necessary for the bills here. Um, so, all right, I guess we can, I guess we can get into our uh, first major disagreement. Who do you have second in this division? Um, well, I know you're going to have the Patriots winning the division. Uh, I actually have them third. Now I have them tied for third or tied for second, not both them, the dolphins going nine and eight. Okay. And actually uh, just to go off on a slight tangent here, I, I didn't listen to the whole entire uh, NFL preview that we did last year. 
it wasn't quite the end of the August. Was, we did it back in May when the schedule came out because right. we pretty bored and there's no sports going on. So we decided to do our NFL preview kind of early. Um, and you had the Dolphins going, uh, I believe, nine and seven. Yeah. And I had them going six and ten, finishing tied for last with the Jets. So you were definitely right on that one because they even exceeded your expectations. They go right. ten and six. So right. Yeah. So you you were spot on there. Um, yes, you guessed it. I have the Patriots winning the division. I have them going twelve and five. Okay. And so we got a three game difference there. Yes, we do. So, so you talk actually, about. So actually, the news I was referencing wasn't necessarily the Mac Jones Cam Newton thing. It was okay. more Stefan Gilmore being placed on the pup list and missing the first six weeks. Right. That's it. That is what I was a little bit more concerned about in terms of this prediction. I don't think there is a player I've done more of a 180 on than Mac Jones so far in this offseason. I was completely off of him, like even like during the draft, to be honest. But over the summer, I've really thought about it more and kind of dove into him and you know, watched him a little bit in the preseason, get out there and some NFL action. I know it's just preseason going against some backups as well, but he really impressed me. I think it says a lot for them to release Cam Newton before the season. I don't think anyone was really expecting that. I thought they, you know, it was pretty much given that they were going to go into the season with at least both of them on the roster. So I think that says a lot about their confidence in Mac Jones. And I I even want to say this. So even though I just said I wasn't super high on Mac Jones at all in the pre-draft process and even during the draft, I think I am on record of saying this and I could be wrong. I could be misquoting myself here, but my, my opinion was prior that it not, it wasn't necessarily his floor. It was his ceiling uh, with me. And I think that he is, I don't think he's super special. You know what I mean? He's not the athlete that some of these guys are in this quarterback uh, class of fields or Lance or Lawrence, or, you know, even Zach Wilson, I have my, doubts about him but I think he's a better athlete as well so he's not a superb athlete by any means but I think he's smart I think he's accurate I think he can do very well with a very solid foundation around him and I believe that's what the Patriots have here Um, they have a top five offensive line their defense is still really good they returned uh, Donta Hightower and and Kyle Van Noy to the team from their 2019 roster Hightower being an opt-out and Van Noy coming over back from free agency. Um, So two players that know the system extremely well and thrive in it. And, you know, the, the, the slight news that gave me apprehension was Gilmore. I think he's going to, you know, eventually when he comes back, have a very strong end of the season. Um, Still have a pretty strong secondary, even without him with JC Jackson, who had nine interceptions last year. Um, And we didn't even get to talk about really the offense. I mean, they, they bring in Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and uh, John U. Smith. So, you know, I mean, they're, they're not the biggest names out there on free agency. They could have signed a, you know, you know, Galladay was out there and Allen Robinson, even though he got tagged, but, you know, still bring, brought in some weapons that I believe are an upgrade over last year at the very least. Um, so between the great offensive line, great coaching staff, and a well above average to potentially elite defense. I think Mac Jones could definitely do really well. And um, I'm super high in the Patriots this year. I think they're, I, in my mind, I think they're pretty easily going back to the postseason. Okay. Wow. Um, made a lot of good points. Uh, I did not like Mac Jones at all coming in. I like him a little bit more, but um, he looked decent in the preseason. Uh, however, he hasn't been starting in those preseason games, so 
he's going against possibly this well definitely the second unit defensive units possibly the third third team of like opposing defenses so i think that's something to consider um i i agree with the deep the defense is great i know that you said gilmore is going to be out for the first six weeks but um defense is still really good um what i noticed about this division in general there's really really good cornerbacks like elite cornerbacks like each team's got two like the bills with javis white jordan poyer uh, Patriots, J.C. Jackson, Gilmore, and we'll talk about the Dolphins. They got Byron Jones and uh, Xavier Howard. I think that's – I feel like that's, like, oddly coincidental. But anyway, uh, I wrote down here, again, I'm comparing <laughs> – making a, a Steelers comparison, but I'm getting a lot of uh, 2019 Steelers feelings about this. I really – I don't think Mac Jones is that good. I think he's a definition of a system quarterback. Um the offensive line is really good, which the Steelers 2019 had a very good offensive line. Um, but his skill positions that he's working with, the wide receiving core um, and the tight ends, like they're both injury prone. Hunter Henry's already hurt. That's going to be difficult for him. Um, that's why, I mean, nine and eight, that's kind of, I had them at nine wins because that's how much I believe in Belichick. I really just don't think. Mac Jones, I don't believe Mac Jones enough. I don't think the skill position players are good enough for them to put up enough points despite their defense being great and having good offensive line. Right. So, I mean, I know it was just a comparison, but I do think it's uh, a little too far to, you know, to completely put that comparison on the 2019 Steelers just because regardless of what you think of Mac Jones, he has to be better than, than <laughs> Fair. Rudolph. So, yeah. So, I mean, I wrote, so I actually what I actually wrote down is I'm getting a lot of 2019 Steelers vibes, but worse skill positions. We yeah. had better skill position players. He could be a better quarterback play. Yeah, right. that's why and I have him capped at nine wins. Last thing I'll say on the Patriots because I know we kind of spent a lot of time on them here. Yeah, uh, but you know I was thinking about the Gilmore being placed in the pup list. That for those of you who are not familiar, at the very least you have to miss the first six weeks of the regular season. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, what if Gilmore is out, which he will be, I look at their first seven games. I really only see two, maybe three tough games on it. I mean, they start off with Miami, which could be tough, but it's at home, the jets, saints bucks, which is going to be tough. Then they get the Texans Cowboys jets again. So, I mean, they get the jets twice in the Texans. So you got to think that that's at least three wins and then they could probably squeeze one to two more wins out there. So I'm looking at at least four and three, maybe even five and two in that seven game stretch. Okay. They're not beating the, the, the bucks though with Brady coming back to Foxborough. There's no chance of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had that as a loss for sure. So, all right. So we'll move on to the uh, Miami dolphins. Jack has them tied for second with the Patriots at nine and eight. I have them not too far behind. I have them third and I have them going eight, uh, eight, nine. So right around, right around what you think. Um, they also made a lot of moves this offseason. They bring in Will Fuller. Uh, they draft Jalen Phillips in the draft and Jalen Waddell and Liam Eikenberg out of uh, Notre Dame as well. I believe he was a second. Second round, round pick. pick, yes. Uh, and they lose, obviously, they lose Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they also lost Kyle Van Noy, who we just touched on briefly, and uh, Shaq Lawson as well. So definitely a very active team in the offseason. And, um, 
It's just some quick notes I have on the Dolphins. Still a well below average offensive line. PFF ranked them at 28, which, again, we say this every year. PFF is not gospel by any means, but we don't really know any other metrics to measure uh, an offensive line. So we have to trust it a little bit here. So they might not be exactly 28th, but below average unit for sure. Mm-hmm. Still very young though, so they could definitely develop over the next year or two into a at least average unit. Um, they certainly bring in speed on the outside with bringing in Fuller and Jalen Waddle. That's you know two of the fastest guys you could have brought in via the draft and free agency. Right. So that is um, that's certainly very good. Um, I mean, I, I, outside of the offensive line, I think they're built pretty similar to New England. Pretty, both very solid defense. Two offense. Young, what did you say? I, I said built similarly to New England. Oh, oh, without it, excluding the offensive line, I get it. Okay, I thought you said. Never mind. Keep going. Sorry, yeah, that that was a little confusing. Excluding the offensive line, New England's being better, Miami's being worse. I think they're built kind of similar because they have two quarterbacks that are still kind of unproven. And they've got very solid defenses, very good coaching. Um, and they both got some very fast, speedy weapons, athletic at least, on the uh, for you know skill position players. So I, I think that's a good comparison. Brian Flores seems to be a great coach. Uh, I just think the difference here lies between kind of the quarterback trust we have. I know you're probably going to trust two a little bit more than me, and I trust Max Jones a little bit more than you. So I think that kind of comes down to the difference, and uh, I'm still not really sold on him. And you know, I, he's not going to play bad enough to where they'll want to replace him next year, I don't think. But again, I don't, I don't really know how much of a faith I have him in, uh, you know, carrying this team to where they need to go. So, yeah, I like Tua, but I'm still a little cautious. I know he, it's a big year for him. Uh, he's got some great weapons to throw to, as you outlined. So, um, but again, below average talent at running back and a shaky offensive line is going to make it tough. So. Uh, I would like to give them more wins, but I couldn't. Uh, 9 a.m. I'm going to sit with. I think defense is very solid, though. Solid front seven. Um, I mentioned before the cornerbacks are one of the league's best tandems. Um, I also like the Jalen Phillips draft pick. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got. We're pretty much in agreement here. Right. It would certainly not shock me at all if they did make the playoffs and stuck in there as a wild card team. Uh, I mean, Although I said I'm not too high on Tua, he did win 10 games by playing the majority of them. I know they sprinkled in Fitzpatrick as well. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't shock me if they got a wild card team, but I have them just below 500 um, right on the outside looking in. So yep. that is the, the Dolphins. And we will move on to the team we both have in last, which is the New York Jets. Uh, where do you have them record-wise? Four and 13. Same. Nice. Uh, sorry, I have them three and 14. Okay. What, it's a pretty uh, big disagreement. Curious, just real yeah, just real quick, what 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 teams do you have them beating? Just I'm um, curious. I gotta go back to the simulator. You read you read yours first. Okay. So I have them beating uh the getting their first win week five at uh Atlanta, which is not really at Atlanta, it's in London. Uh so I have them beating Atlanta, beating Miami at home week eleven, and then beating uh Houston the following week, week twelve. Okay. Um, it's going to be tough to go through mine. I got them beating Jacksonville in week 16. Um, if it's too difficult, we don't have to go through it. I just thought it, it, I was curious to see. But I have them. Uh, yeah. Probably, I guess it's, it's too. Houston. 
I'll spoil it. That's my one win for Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I think originally I had the Jets going like honestly, I think I may have had them going two and fifteen, but I got to be the Falcons. Give... Sorry. You okay. You... Falcons. Okay. So I did give them a few extra wins. Um, I guess we could say a quick word on them as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. the big decision they made was uh, Zach Wilson drafting him second overall. They shipped Sam Darnold out. Uh, slight was that? That was before, right before the draft, right? Yeah, it was in like March. So they, yeah, so they they or end of March. Obviously, yeah. they they trade Sam Darnold away. Uh, a lot of young guys. Elijah Barrett Tucker was their other first round pick. Elijah Moore in the second uh, round. Michael Carter was the fourth. Excuse me, fourth round pick. They also bring in Corey Davis, Tevin Coleman, and Morgan Moses, uh, offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I believe he was formerly of Washington. Correct. Also lose Prashad Perriman, which that's not really a loss. <laughs> addition by subtraction. Uh, they have still a below average offensive line. Mackay Becton played pr- uh, pretty decently for his rookie season. Still a young unit as well, so they could definitely develop as the years go on. Um, they lack a lot of talent on defense. It's not, not going to be a good defense at all. I don't believe, um, first year head coach in Robert Sala, you know, he, he was a pretty good defensive coordinator in San Francisco, but still unproven as a head coach clearly. So we'll, we won't really see, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I'm just not a big Zach Wilson fan either. I think he's uh, pretty erratic and I see him struggling. Yeah, no need to, uh, repeat. Well, you just said, I just want to stress, I really like Elijah Moore. He got a lot of A.J. Brown praise, which they did go to the same college. So that's why A.J. Brown liked him so much. But, hey, I think that's still uh, – I mean, A.J. Brown said that he's better than he was coming out. So I think that's got to say something. I I think he'll get a lot of stats with the very, very bad defense they have. They're going to be throwing a lot. Defense is awful. Uh, outside there of decent players like – Quinnen Williams and CJ Mosley, like they're really, really bad. Could be the league's worst. So, right. That's it on the Jets. Okay. Sounds good. So, I guess we can move on to let's do the AFC South. Okay. Who do you have winning the South? I got the Titans. I do as well. What uh, record do you have them at? 12 and 5. Oh, okay. I have them at 10 and 7. Okay. I think that I, I don't know, just looking at the roster, I have them at it. Like, I feel like they'd be like a 10 win team, but just clicking game by game, uh, end up with 12 wins. So that's fair enough. I, I have them at 10 and seven. I think mainly it's just, I'm looking at their defense. I have major questions about it. I think yeah. the offense is going to be fantastic you know, could be one of the best in the league, but I still have major questions about their defense. Um, They obviously, they bring in Bud Dupree, which is a pretty good signing, but he is coming off an ACL tear. So you can't take that lightly. You can't just like automatically assume he's going to be what he was. You know, there could be some rust, especially early on in the season. Um, They did lose a lot of pieces on defense. I know, you know, we have our opinions about Clowney. I'm pretty sure we share the same opinion of that. He's, you know, kind of overrated. Um. But they lose him, even though he's there for a short time. Adoree Jackson, no longer there. Uh, Malcolm Butler, who was there for a few years, no longer there as well. So a lot of people that were there and, you know, pieces of their defense, not not necessarily there anymore. Their pass rush is going to be bad. I mean, I feel like they've always had trouble getting after the passer. And I know 
Bud Dupree's, they try to address it with him. But overall, I just think it's a the defense kind of concerns me a little bit. I think uh, they'll be in some shootouts this year. Defense did concern me. Um, it's not great. Don't get me wrong, but they lose Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, Jadavian Clowney. No, I think that a Bud Dupree is an upgrade from Jadavian Clowney. Um, they draft Caleb Farley in the first round. Um, also added Janoris Jenkins. So, I mean, Farley, obviously a first round talent as a cornerback. There's a lot of promise. Um, I mean, the rest of their defense, they got, I feel like they got solid players like Jeffrey Simmons, Rashawn Evans, and uh, Kevin Byard. Byard. Um, never know how to say his last name. I think you got but, it. Um, another, they, they had Jim Schwartz now. Jim Schwartz, their defensive coordinator. I think um, it's notable. That could improve their defense a little bit. So maybe I'm a little less nervous about their defense. However, it's not fantastic, but they got a decent O-line and their offensive weapons are of the best in the league. Tannehill's a good quarterback. So that's why I think they'll win the division again. I don't know how you defend that that team. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm glad they I'm glad to have Julio and Henry on my dynasty team. I think it's gonna be a very fun year for the Fal- um, Falcons, the, the Titans. So yep. right. all right. Um well yeah, I mean we didn't really say about Julio, but obviously everyone knows Julio Jones is a Tennessee Titan now. Yeah. And um maybe a little weird seeing him in the Titans jersey at first, but I'm sure he'll be uh his usual Julio self if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. We'll move on to second place in the division. Who do you have? Uh, I got the Colts at 10 and 7. Okay, I have the Colts at 9 and 8. Okay. Why do you have them at 10 and 7? Well, I'm assuming Wentz is, like, Wentz's timeline to return, like, was at one it's point. It's been all over the place. 1.12 weeks, but now I'm kind of just assuming he's going to be healthy week one. I don't know. Like, or not healthy, just playing week one. Um, I talked about Wentz before. I think, uh, I mean, if he's healthy, he'll be great. Uh, weapons are better than Philly. Chemistry with the coach, all that. The offensive line is improved even more, even better than it was in Philly. So I think the situation for him is very good. Um, defensively, they got a pretty formidable defense. DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, both all pro, first team all pros last year. In their respective positions. Um, they draft the uh, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, another good pick. Um, 2020 was a bounce back year for Xavier Rhodes, who was pretty awful when uh, his last year in Minnesota, but um, other guys in defense, like Kenny Moore, solid too. So I think a pretty good defense. And again, I'm pretty bullish on Wentz if assuming he's healthy. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I love too. He's a very one of the league's best young running backs. So, um, what do you think? I guess we're not too far in disagreement. Yeah, I um, I yeah, we're only one game off. They have the second rank offensive line according to Pro Football Focus. I believe that article was put out though before Quentin Nelson's injury came out. So, right. I mean, hopefully he. I think he honestly, if he misses games, it should be only maybe one or two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll miss too much extra time, if any. You know, hopefully he's he's ready week one as well. Um, 
And I mean, ultimately, this is all going to depend on whether Wentz can, he's the most important player on this team, you know, clearly. So if he can play closer to where he was early on in his career, he's, this team's going to be probably right in the playoff mix, maybe in the playoffs. But if he's not, then they're going to be a little bit below 500. So he's obviously the most important player on this team and really rides on his shoulders because, you know, I mean, they don't have the best weapons. I mean, I guess Hilton's going to be out for a while and then it's pretty much just Pittman and Paris Campbell and Mo Alley Cox. But, you know, strong running game, strong offensive line, uh, pretty good defense, good coaching staff, you know, not too much more you can ask for in that regard. So it's certainly on him uh, for this team's success. And I did want to also mention just quick word on them before we move on as well. Uh, they do have a very tough start to the season uh, schedule-wise. They go Seattle, Rams, at Tennessee, at Dolphins, at Baltimore. So are they hosting Seattle and LA? They are. First two games right. are home, but then they go three in a row with three in the row on the road with Tennessee, Miami, and Baltimore. At one least it's them, not one of them being on a short week on Thursday as well. Oh, so. true. Okay. Very uh, tough start. I actually have them one and four in that stretch, but you know they play a little bit better. Better, excuse me, um, as the season progresses, and I have them finishing nine and eight. But very rough start, and especially if Wentz or Nelson is going to miss games, um, right? They could get off to a pretty slow start. Okay. Uh, so you got Jacksonville next. Yes, I do. Where um, I had them at five and twelve. I wanted to give them a few more wins, but. Honestly, I think this is appropriate. Yeah, I, initially in the uh, offseason, I think if you asked me maybe in May, probably would have had us honestly had this team go, winning seven games, maybe yeah. even eight. But I have them going six and 11. So I kind of uh, cooled off a little bit on that. I have them going five and 12. And oddly enough, five and one in the division. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Yeah, I was very surprised when I saw that. That's really weird that yeah. probably won't happen but yeah I, I don't see how that could happen but hey i mean my six wins i have them beating houston twice cincinnati miami atlanta and the jets so pretty weak okay. opponents so i mean clearly this team made the most franchise altering move with acquiring trevor trevor lawrence with the first overall pick um they drafted Travis Etienne. Everyone knows my thoughts about that, but ultimately he got hurt, which, you know, it sucks to see. Cause I, I is nothing against Travis Etienne this whole time where I'm like, it's all on the Jags. I just think that was a stupid pick. That has nothing to do with his talent. I think he's a really, yeah. really fun player to watch. And, you know, if he was on another team besides the Jags, I would have been all in on him. But again, you know, we're going to have to wait a little bit to see him play in the NFL. So they got him as well. Um, they bring in Marvin Jones, they bring in Shaquille Griffin, um, and they didn't really lose many guys. I mean, they lose ETN to injury now. They lose Keelan Cole, which is not really anything of significance. Um, defense is still pretty bad. I know Josh Allen and Miles Jack are pretty good players, but again, overall, it's going to be a pretty bad unit. I think teams are going to have their way with them on defense. Yep. Um, offensive line looks pretty bad to be honest i think they're ranked 23rd by pff and it looks even worse at that out there in the preseason so yeah. definitely going to need some uh adjustments or i don't know some guys are going to have to sit maybe uh, they're gonna have to figure something else out there because it doesn't look great right now yeah from what i recall their interior linemen were solid but their tackles 
are going to struggle. And tackle is the more important position, protecting your quarterback from pass rush. So it's not looking great. Right. And ultimately, I think the, my, the biggest thing I have to say about the Jags, and I think what ultimately holds them back the most is uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Urban Meyer is the right fit here. I know he hasn't even coached it down yet for the team, but I don't really see it going very well. And I, um, for a lot of reasons, I mean, I don't think he's going to have the patience to see this through. He's used to turning around a team very quickly and having a good infrastructure, you know, Ohio state, um, Florida. So, you know, powerhouse collegiate programs, but you know, this is going to be a multi-year project and I don't know if he's going to have the patience uh, to see it through. And I just, I don't know. I don't really see it working out here. Yep. I agree. Nothing really else to add. All right. So we'll move on to perhaps the worst team we've ever seen in our entire lives. The Houston Texans. I have them going two and 15, but it was a struggle to get them to two wins. As I already revealed one and 16, (laughs) one win against the Jets. Right. So I don't even know where to start. I guess we can start at the top with Deshaun Watson. It's still weird how we don't, I mean, there should be a decision by now. Like not to like, just like we should know why like, seasons in nine days and we literally don't know anything what's going to happen. Yeah. And there's I so mean, many angles to look at this through. Obviously most notably it's the, the legal situation with the sexual um, assaults or, you know, alleged sexual miss, whatever, you know, everyone knows we don't have to go into it. Everyone knows what's going on with the show. Like, you honestly forget that like before all this, like he requested a trade. Yeah, like even just think about that. Even if that didn't exist, we could still be in the same exact situation where he doesn't even like doesn't play. It's so, so bizarre. And it's like, I mean, now he maybe he's not the greatest guy, but I feel like before this, like he was like a very stand up guy, like one of the like well respected, like nice guy, but I mean, clearly wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. Very it's bizarre just, situation. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, I don't even know what to say. So. Anyway, back so he, to, back I mean, to like, the he's not, he's not playing. Like, I think they, yeah. they report came out that he, like, they're going to make him inactive every week if he's not on the exempt list. So they're not going to, he's not going to be playing this year. So right. reasons, you got some, I have some reasons to watch the Texans. Oh, no, I, I don't have many. So um, we got to get to watch a QB battle between Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills. Great. Okay. Um, how will the backfield work? They got four veteran running backs. You never see that nowadays with David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Bill Blenzine, Rex Burkhead. Um, a four-headed committee. So that's that's going to be fun. They all um, get seven carries a game. <laughs> I also wrote uh, Nico Collins could be an interesting fantasy watch. I mean. Not really, but okay. Someone's got to catch passes from one of these bad quarterbacks. The bad offensive line, the bad defense. Like this is definitely the worst. Like, it's terrible, dude. They yeah. they also lose. Just so everyone's on the same page here, they lose JJ Watt. Obviously, uh, yeah, right. Uh, they lose Will Fuller. And like their three best players were Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, and JJ Watt, and none of them will be playing this year. Yeah. So they were four, and the, and keep in mind they were a four win team last year. <laughs> so, I mean. Who's their coach? David Culley. 
Where'd he come from? Came from Baltimore. Was he like a coordinator or what? I think he was like a special teams coordinator. Nice. And Joe Judge action. I don't want to like, I don't really know much about David Coley, so I don't really want to attack him personally here, but they were one of the last teams, if not the last team to fill their head coaching vacancy. And that just proves no one Mm -hmm. wanted this job. And this is a coach that, you know, was not really on anyone's radar. He was kind of towards the bottom of the list. So, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything, but I mean, I mean, Hey, he's got nothing to lose. Why not take it? He literally doesn't. Everyone is expecting them to win like three games max. So he might as well. So yeah, not much else to say about the the Texans. I mean, yeah, we can just yeah, we'll move, move on. on. I mean, we we spent three minutes too long on them. So. All right, we'll move on to a much more fun division, uh, one that we know very well, the AFC North. Okay. And who do you have winning the North? I got the Steelers. The Steelers. Okay. Yeah. I have the uh, Ravens. Okay. What rec? Uh, who do you want to talk about first? Um. We could just go with the Steelers. I'll just say right now, I have the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens all going ten and seven. Okay, I have the uh, we'll one of the Steelers the... first, and I have us going nine and eight. Okay. I had us going eight and nine for a majority of the off season, but I flipped it to nine and nine and eight. I don't know. Like, I think we're, I'll be called a homer for giving us 10 wins, but, like, I really do think it's possible to get 10. Like, it, I know we have a tough schedule, but, like, picking game by game, I really didn't feel like I was, like, I don't know. I I, I think it, 10 wins is reasonable, going 10 and 7. Yeah. I, I, it is certainly reasonable. I mean, I don't, I don't see it's getting really much more than 10 if we do. Um, mm-hmm. offensive line still pretty bad. We all know this. Um, we lost four of our five starters from last year, correct? Right. But look at it optimistically. I wrote our offensive line got completely reworked. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? So everyone is citing the, the bad offensive line to not draft, maybe stay away from Najee Harris and fantasy or a reason why the team could be, you know, have a little bit of a down year. But the offensive line was bad last year. You know what I mean? So right. at, at the worst, it just kind of stays the same. I mean, I don't, right. I don't think it can get too too much worse. And like we, it, won, we won 12 games last year. So, again, it wasn't good last year. And um, so, yeah, I guess that's an optimistic way of looking at things. It does not look great on paper, but we don't need to go into too much detail. But we have some guys that I kind of – like they show potential at least, and I trust our coaching staff to – coach up offensive line play as we have in the past. Take it what it's worth. PFF ranked us number second in the preseason play. I sent you that tweet. So I think there is some potential there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like, like it's like an average at best unit. So, but I I think it's enough with everything else we have. I think it's enough uh, to get 10 wins. Now everyone is writing off Ben again, but I think everyone's running off Ben because they saw him in the playoff game and didn't watch the whole season. And obviously he looked bad in the, in that game um, with like four picks, but he was not the problem. Our offensive coordinator was a problem and we have a new OC now. So our skill positions are still very good. We draft Najah Harris. Um, 
I got high hopes for our offense. Now our defense still one of the best in the league. Um, we lost Bud Dupree, as we mentioned, but I'm not worried. I love his replacement, Alex Highsmith. I think it's going to pick up right where we left off. We also add Melvin Ingram. So the two of them, that's going to combine for – going to make up for the loss of Bud Dupree plus more depth, which is fantastic. Um, other than that, like we lost some depth, like Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson. Um and we lost uh, Vince Williams from our middle linebacking core, but signed Joe Schobert, which that was kind of out of no, or not signed. We traded for him uh, a few weeks ago, which was out of nowhere. But I think the middle linebacking core has some solid depth now. I'm most concerned about our corner cornerback play. Um, Steven Nelson was not great last year, but um, I don't know. We only got Joe Hayden. Which I think Joe Hay- Joe Hayden's very solid, still a good cornerback. He's probably like thirty-two. Uh, other than that, we got Cam Sutton and Justin Lane, James Pierre, which most people may not even know who those guys are, but show a little bit of potential. Still, there is that. That's kind of our second cornerback, one of those three. So, I guess that's all I got to say. PFF does rank has our secondary ranked at twelve, which I thought was kind of high. So, I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about our cornerbacks. Yeah, no, I I am a little bit too. But overall, should be a very very solid uh, defensive unit. Um, I don't have really too much else to add. I just I think the more I come around to it, I I really love the Najee pick. I think it made so much sense for where our team is at at this point, and uh, I think we're really going to see the difference between you know I know we both love James Conner, but we're going to definitely see the difference between. James Conner and Nashi Harris, the level yeah. they're at. So um, I think that's definitely a, a huge upgrade, and I have us right around nine wins. So Also, Mike Tomlin will not have a losing season, so that too. There you go. All right, who do you want to talk about next? Who do you, who do you have technically second in the division? Uh, Browns. Okay, so I have the Browns. I also have the Browns in second. I have uh, them going 11 and 6. Okay. Uh, they have the number one ranked offensive line according to Pro Football Focus, and probably rightfully so. Very good unit. They played awesome last year, um, and I, I like their upgrades in the uh, on defense as well. I mean, they bring in Clowney, which again I think he's not even the he's not the best pass rusher on his team, which he's the number two option. So, you know, not really reliant on him. Uh, they bring in Troy Hill and John Johnson, our favorite safety. Uh, <laughs> to the uh to the secondary to bolster that as well uh they draft jok in the draft they drafted greg newsome in the draft uh so you know they really saw what their potential weakness was which is maybe on the defensive side of the ball and they really attacked it via free agency in the in the draft so i think that was a great um they've had a great offseason and it's just i mean i know they're the browns and i know they historically aren't great but they kind of broke that last year and it's going to be really hard to see this team not to make the playoffs and if you have the best offensive line in football it's it's kind of tough to be you know you gotta you gotta be a good team if you have the best offensive line so um one of the best one of the best defenses in the league one of the best offensive lines in the league one of the best ground attacks in the league with chubb and hunt all the pressure is going to be on their passing game with Baker, Odell, and Jarvis. Um, I've been very critical of Baker Mayfield 
for the past several years. Uh, he did improve from years two to three. Um, however, he was not asked to do much. He only threw for 3,500 yards and 26 touchdowns last year. Um, Odell's coming off the injury. Jarvis is older. Um, but, I mean, Baker still might not be asked to do much, and that could still work with how much they got going on otherwise. So, um, if he can keep them afloat, they're definitely making the playoffs. That's all I got. I mean, if, if he just does what he did last year, like – they won 11 games last year, so. Right. I mean, yeah, Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. I, I really don't see how they can. I don't have them winning the division. I still have the Ravens, but same record as the Ravens at 11 and 6. So I have uh, both of them at 11 and 6. Okay. I guess we can transition to the Ravens now. You have them at 10 and 7 coming in third. Yeah. 11 and 6 coming in first. They, you know, also had a relatively busy offseason as well. They lost Matt Judon. They uh, they lost Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. They lose Orlando Brown. They lose Marshall Yonda, which not the eh, looking a little rough. I feel like those are two guys you you should have kept. I didn't Yonda retire? Yeah. Okay, so you couldn't do anything about that. But they trade Orlando Brown, which I don't think I would have done that. I, if I'm not mistaken, was he a little bit displeased with the organization? Orlando Brown, not that I know of, but could be. He might have been. I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, I think he wanted to play left tackle instead of right tackle, and they wouldn't let him do that. Okay. So I think maybe there was. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think there was something going on there. Um, they trade for. I mean, I don't know if they traded for or acquired him in free agency, but Kevin Zeitler from the Giants. I think that was a pretty solid pickup. I think he's going to play guard this year. Um, so I like that. They also signed, just stick to the line, they signed Villanueva. Yes. um, Which, I'm not just salty that he's not in the Steelers anymore. Like, he didn't resign with the Steelers, but he's really not as good as he once was. And I always thought he was a little overrated, if I'm being honest. Um, He's also switching positions to right tackle, so that's going to be an adjustment. Um, Ronnie Staley is back, but again, with the guys you said they lost, a uh, little nervous about, I mean, not a Ravens fan, but if I were a Ravens fan, I'd be a little bit nervous about the offensive line. A lot of shuffling around, some guys they lost, and they need a good offensive line for how much they run the ball. Um, J.K. Dobbins being on, being on IR for the whole year is going to kill. Um, for a team that centers their whole offense around their rushing attack, their star running back is out for the year, and that's – like right before the season starts, that's kind of, I think it's going to hinder them a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize. Um, but they do have a star running back in Gus Edwards, Rutgers alum. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Still a very well coached team. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a, another fantastic statistical season. And, Rashad Bateman, uh, we didn't mention him. They I like him. Drafted him in the first round. I believe he's still hurt, and I think he even may miss a couple games to start here. But um, so yeah, that's why I just think offensively, they're. I mean, they've shown their one dimensional. However, it's been it's worked. But injuries, guys moving around the offensive line. That's why I'm a little. I don't know, a little less bullish on on how 
how well they'll do offensively. The defense is is great though. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I got. All right. Also, just one last thing. I don't know why I have this feeling they're going to lose week one to the Raiders. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we will move on to the very last team in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them going four and 13. How about you? Three and 14. Okay. All right, so that, that that game against the Jets was the difference because I have them going, I had the Jets going three and fourteen, you had them going four and thirteen, and then we flopped okay. it with the Bengals, and I have the the Bengals beating the Jets, so that is the uh, the difference. Yeah, still a very bad offensive line. Right. I mean, I think I bel- I don't want to speak for you, but I think we're in agreement that they should not have gotten Jamar Chase. Yes, I mean, I think everyone should be in agreement now after seeing like he's. I haven't. I don't think I've seen him catch one ball. <laughs> Five targets in the preseason, and he had four drops. Yeah, I mean it's very bad. Guy that I'm, I was very high on. A lot of people were, but um, I'm a little concerned about that, about that. I mean, I always thought they should have drafted Penny Sewell um, instead of Chase, which their offensive line stinks, as you said. I mean, Jonah Williams is good. They signed Riley Reef. Rest of them aren't good. Uh, are you concerned at all about Joe Burrow? Yes. Okay. Initial report in camp, he didn't look that great. Um, I didn't get to watch him in pre- his preseason action, but uh, I'm not too concerned. I think he will be fine. Just I understand there is reason to be a little worried. I am worried because he wasn't just an ACL tear. It was He tore everything up with his knee pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty major blow, and I just think he's gonna. It's gonna take more than. I don't have them getting their first win until week eight. Wow. Okay. So, and that's against the Jets. So I have them starting out zero and seven. I think it's gonna be a really rough, uh, really rough go in the beginning. I mean, yeah. they do. They yeah. They get Detroit and in, uh, in Jacksonville within those first seven games, but they also got to play Minnesota, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and Baltimore. So that's not yeah. great either. So I don't know. I'm not too optimistic about them. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say about them. And uh, they also lose Geno Atkins. They lose AJ Green. I know those guys are a little bit older, but, you know, still people that have been around the locker room for almost a decade. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, certainly defensively, defensively, Jesse Bates is great. Mike Hilton's a very good signing. We love Mike Hilton. Other than that, like, there's no other notables. And this is one of the league's worst defensive units. I'm kind of surprised. Like some people like have them at like a like some people even think that their Steelers are gonna be last over the Bengals, which I think is nuts. <laughs> but no yeah, like that's insane. Like offensive lines so bad, defense is so bad, it's really hard for me to give you wins. So that's why I had them at three. All right, so we'll move on to our final division here in the AFC. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this at the, the beginning of the episode, but we will be we'll be reading the seeds and we'll be saying who is coming to come who we think is going to be coming out of the conference, um, and then we will be saving the awards for our um, our next step, not the next episode, but the one after the NFC preview. So, just a little teaser: we're going to be doing the awards. We'll be doing some 
week one um, betting, some maybe some DFS, and what else are we going to be talking about? Anything else? That's so, about it. So Futures kind of picks. Like a, yeah. Just kind of some sports betting slash week one kind of stuff. So that's yeah. kind of a, a preview for which will be our 150th episode. So wow. stay tuned for that. Um, and I also want to say, I know this is going to come out of left field, but it's just, I've just been thinking about it. I just want to, just want to say, I don't like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean, we talked about the Texans like 20 minutes ago. Why didn't why? <laughs> I? I don't know. I just, I always feel like I, this is going to sound so weird. Um, but maybe this is just me way, way overthinking it. But I feel like we've talked about Deshaun Watson on the show here uh, like two or three times. And I feel like every time, I, maybe not tonight, because I shouldn't have felt unprepared to talk about him because we're literally previewing every team. But I feel like the previous times, I feel like we would always just, he would just come up in conversation. And I feel like I never say what I want to say about Deshaun Watson. So I just want to make it abundantly clear. I think he's, a, I think he's the worst. So... <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to speak my mind. I'm sorry. That was completely random. So. I, mean, I, I get it. <laughs> right. I just wanted to just, just say that again, just in case anyone, for some reason, thought I was still uh, on his side or whatever. Yeah, I actually just. I actually did want to say that I hate Bin Laden. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Just in case anyone thought that Jack, for some reason, was uh, a a Bin Laden stand. <laughs> Clear the record and clarify on that one. Okay, back to the football. AFC okay. West. <laughs> um, you have coming in first. I got the Chiefs at fifteen and two. Whoa, that's a big number. I have it yep. at thirteen and four. Okay. Also winning the division. I, for a brief time, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about. I mean, we will talk about them in a, in a minute or two here. But uh, I, for a brief time toyed with the idea of putting the chargers in first just to be pretty bold um because i i do think the chargers are going to have a great year as well but you, you just i don't know you can't it's going to be so hard for the next 10 to 15 years to not put the chiefs in, excuse me in first so you got to do it yep. i mean i guess we can start with the the most obvious thing i guess if you're paying attention to the chiefs is that they've had a very significant overhaul of the offensive line yes um you know we all saw how bad they looked in the uh towards the end of the postseason and especially in the super bowl but now pff has them ranked as the seventh offensive line going into the 2021 season they bring in joe thuny they bring in orlando brown they draft creed humphrey they get back uh duvernay tardif from the opt-out Kyle Long came out of retirement and they uh, signed him as well. So they really attacked this with all forces and they really revamped it, especially after they lost uh, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. And um, I think it's for the best because I think this, this is going to be a great offensive line. I'm ecstatic as a Clyde Edwards, Alaire uh, dynasty manager. Um. Yeah, so I'm 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 ecstatic about it, and I think it's just business as usual for the Chiefs. As long as Mahomes is healthy, I know that's the caveat with every team with their starting quarterback staying healthy. But if he plays every game, they're uh, I just can't see them losing less than. I mean, I can't see them winning less than eleven or twelve games. Yeah, honestly, I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see them going eleven also, and six. But you have at twelve wins. Okay. No, no, no. I have them. I have them thirteen and four. I would just say oh, that's right. like the minimum I can see okay. them winning. 
Yeah, nothing really else to add. I mean, the Chiefs are very, very good and dominant, and I think that's just going to continue and all spearheaded by their revamped offensive line. Correct. Um, all right, so not much else to add there. Um, we'll move on to who do you have second? I'm interested to hear. Got the Chargers at 10 and 7. Same exact thing. Chargers at 10 okay. and 7. Um, they bolstered their offensive line. They signed all pro center Corey Lindsley, formerly of the Packers. Um, they drafted Rashawn Slater, who will be slotted in as a starting left tackle. So I think that's very good to protect Justin Herbert. Um, 2020 offensive rookie of the year. Uh, defensively, uh, well, they drafted Asante Samuel Jr., who he – I liked him coming out, and he looks great in camp. Um, Derwin James, question mark. He is back. Yeah. Will he be an all-pro? <laughs> I don't know. As we – that's when we saw him last in 2018. Jeez, it's so long ago. Yeah, rookie season was an all-pro right out the gate and has not been healthy since. So kind of a question mark there. Um, rooting for him. Great player. And Chargers look great on paper all around, which um, that's kind of been the thing for the Chargers, I feel like. They look great on paper, but they never put it together. Could say it's a little different this time because Justin Herbert, I'd say, looks like he has more potential than Phillip Rivers. Um, especially, you know, the latter part of Phil Rivers in his time in with the Chargers. So I think there's a different reason to be excited this time if I were a Chargers fan, the two of them that there are. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely the difference. I mean, Herbert has, a, even though he won Rookie of the Year, still an untapped ceiling. Um, his potential is through the roof. And it's just going to be awesome to watch him and Mahomes play against each other for, for a very long time. So I have very high expectations for Herbert. I think uh, he plays at a – don't want to spoil it, but he plays at an MVP level. Let's just put it at that um, this year. And I have him going 10-7. and seven And, yeah, like you said, definitely offensive line improvements. It was pretty bad last season, and they attacked it via draft and free agency. I mean, I'm looking at their depth chart as well. I just wanted to mention this before we move on. I don't really – I think they're – they don't have the best depth, I think. I'm looking at their backups. I really didn't recognize many of the names. Like, I don't think they have much depth to their team. That's so fair. I think, no, I, I think agree. If they get hurt, which they have been getting hurt, you know, historically, I feel like that's a thing. But I don't know. I think a little concerns me. And, you know, especially like the – like, I love Keenan Allen. I think he's gonna have a fantastic year, but I'm just thinking like, if he gets hurt, do I really, I know I like Josh Palmer too, but Josh like Palmer season, are we really, are really, are we really going to rely on Mike Williams and Josh Palmer to like, I, I think it just looks a lot worse if he's out of there. You know what I mean? Jared Cook and Donald Parham season. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah. So just something to pay attention to. And that, that was like my apprehension. I, I was getting a little bit too high on the chargers, but then I kind of look over the depth chart again. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it does concern me a little bit. So I, I kind of pulled back a little bit and I went with 10 and seven. We'll move on to third place. Who do you have? Raiders. Record. Seven and 10. Okay. I also have the Raiders seven and 10, but I have them in last. Okay. Um, 
we'll talk about them first. Okay. They had a very busy offseason. I have a lot of additions and subtractions for them. Go for it. First one I had written down was John Brown, but that is no longer because he was released. <laughs> he um, asked for a release today. I saw that, yeah. Don't know why. I'm sure he'll get probably get – I'm sure he'll sign somewhere else. Yeah. I think he's he's good enough to be on a roster, so – I even he's still he's probably like 31 I think at this point he's a little bit older but I still think he's a good enough receiver to be on a team for sure uh they bring in Kenyon Drake they drafted Alex Leatherwood in the first round of the draft they bring in Yannick Ngakwe they Gerald McCoy I think is on the team don't know if you have that up there but I think he's no I don't know he signed with someone I don't know uh, they drafted Morig, the sec, uh, the safety. I think he was was he a second round pick or first round pick? Uh, he was second. They drafted Alex Leatherwood in the first round. Right. I just wasn't sure if they had two first round picks. Uh, they the thing which I don't like what they did is they just completely overhauled their offensive line for some reason. They got rid of Rodney Hudson. They got rid of Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson. Like they got rid of three of their starters in the offensive line. And I'm just, I think it's going to be a bad line and, you know, they overhauled it, but not in a good way, in my opinion. I'm a little more optimistic about the line. I think bringing in, spending a first rounder on a, on a tackle and Alex Lovewood, that's good. Uh, Richie Incognito is still solid. Um, I mean, the rest of them, I don't know. Uh, I think it could I be just an think okay I, offensive line. Sorry to cut you off, but I think... I like Alex Leatherwood. I think he's a decent prospect, but I do think that I'm not, I'm not putting you under this, just you, but I think some people, and I find myself, you know, falling under this trap as well. I think it's definitely like the season that Tristan Wirfs had last year. He was, he was a fantastic lineman this year, even right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. At least for me, at least, I just think I kind of still get bias from that. Like, that's not really the the norm for a, a lineman to come in and play that well and like make the, the offensive line like a top 10 to top five unit. Right. So just because a team drafts the guy in the first round, it's not really fair to expect that guy to make a humongous impact right away. So that happens rarely. Like what happened with Wirfs, it happened with Quentin Nelson. I'd say if it were to happen to anyone this season, be Sewell. Um, right. So it, it I don't know if we can be overly like just because they drafted Leatherwood, just say like, okay, this, this is uh yeah. You know, I just want to make that. Distinction I just, well. I still don't think the line's good. I just think it could be okay at best. Um, defensively, you said they added Tra- Trayvon Morig out of what is it? TCU. I like right. him a lot. I thought that was kind of a steal where they got in the second round. Yannick Ngakwe. Is on the Raiders now, and I mean the headache he is. Uh, he produces even last year. He's at eight plus sacks in every season he's played in. <laughs> so, I mean he's productive. We'll I was going to say that about their defense. I think they do have. I think they have an underrated pass rush, uh, with him and Max Crosby yeah. having a pretty solid start to his career. Uh, I think their secondary is still going to be pretty bad, but 
I do think they have a, a pretty underrated pass rush. So maybe they can get after the quarterback. Yeah, Max Crosby's great. Claylon Farrell kind of looks like a bust. <laughs> I mean, right. he's taken fourth overall. Uh, I know Damon Arnett hasn't looked that great in his first season. Um, but new offense, new defensive coordinator. So that's, that's going to be huge. Um, and above all, people don't think he's a great coach. I think John Gruden is a great, is a good coach, good to great coach. I mean, just former Super Bowl winning coach. Um, first two seasons, seven and nine, eight and eight. And that's with a roster that's pretty bad. I mean, we're being honest, like this roster is not that good. And in 2019, yeah, 2019 is when he was, they got Antonio Brown and he was gone right before the season started. So, I mean, and he scrapped together seven and went seven and nine eight and eight last year in a tough division. Like I think John Gruden should get more credit. And I mean, seven wins this season. I think that's a pretty good accomplishment for how bad I, this roster truly is in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, in my mind, I don't view him as that good of a coach, but going seven, nine and eight and eight is not, uh, I think that's acceptable for, like you said, a a talent, a, a roster that kind of, uh, lacks talent so mm-hmm. Darren Waller's great though he's unbelievable. Yep. So just gotta just gotta give a quick uh quick love to my boy last team we have to talk about here in this episode today the Denver Broncos what do you have them going four and 13 whoa we have a big difference I have them going nine and eight okay that's what I thought okay explain yourself I start with the offensive line. I think it's questionable. Um, Garrett Bowles is their tackle, left tackle. He's great. Glasgow from the Lions is also solid, but from looking at it and reading about their offensive line, the rest kind of seem pretty lackluster. Um, Now they just named Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback, which he's a pretty – how do you, what's a good way to describe? He's pretty vanilla quarterback. <coughs> um, I thought they should have, I mean, I don't like, I don't think Drew Locke's very good. I think they should have went with him. I think he has a maybe higher ceiling being a former first round pick two years ago. Second um, round pick. Was he second round? I thought he, I thought the Broncos took him 20th overall. We traded with them. No. Okay. I guess I'm mistaken. Um, I just think he might have a better ceiling. I mean, uh, a higher ceiling. Uh, defensively, they're good defensively. Um, but there, I think there are some reasons to be cautious. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll jump back to their offense real quick. I forgot I had this. I should talk about it. I mean, Teddy's a okay quarterback. Like, definition of game manager. Um, I think their skill position players are a little bit overhyped, at least their wide receivers. Like, I like Jerry Judy coming out, but I feel like, I don't know. I think people are being a little too optimistic about him this season, especially with the quarterback play that they have. Corlin Sun's coming off a significant injury too, so another reason for caution there. So defense, good defense, but there are reasons to be cautious, as I said. Von Miller is 32 and coming off a very significant injury. I think Bradley Chubb and Justin Simmons are both great, but 
Justin Simmons in particular, a little bit overhyped. I mean, he's the highest paid safety now. Um, bring in Sertain, Patrick Sertain, which he's fantastic too. But I think the biggest thing, most significant thing on defense that they lacked inside linebacker depth, which I have said several, like many times that I, that's the most important position on defense. I think if you don't have a solid middle linebacker or multiple, like that's, there's, it's going to lack cohesion on defense. Um, yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I got there. So, I mean, I feel like everything you said, I know you cited the offensive line. I know you cited lack of depth in the middle uh, linebacker position. I still feel like that is still not Browns to give them a 4-13 and 13 record. I just think it comes down to the quarterbacks, I think, from what you're saying. It has to. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just think this roster is so good. I mean, yes, they're limited at quarterback. I think Bridgewater gives them more steady play. Drew Locke led the league in interceptions last year, tied with Carson Wentz. And Jerry Judy, I just love Jerry Judy. He had 850 yards last year with a bottom three quarterback in the league. And he, I think he had the most uncatchable targets in the NFL. I don't know the exact like stat or how many or a better way to put that, but I think it was something like he literally led the league in like least catchable targets. I don't know how they measure that, but Bridgewater's certainly more accurate than Locke. So I think, I don't know. I just think Judy's going to have a great season and I love Javante Williams. I think Melvin Gordon is a more than capable number two back, whether they, however they split that up. I think the defense is great. Vic Fangio is a great defensive mind. I think it'll have them playing really well. And I just think they're going to be right in the mix. I don't have them making the playoffs. I have them just outside at nine and eight, but I think they're, uh, I think they're a roster and I think they're certainly going to be at 500. Not that low. That's definitely a bold call. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think their win total is like seven or seven and a half. Maybe I should bet on their under. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Stay I mean, four, for, four stay and thirteen. Episode, stay tuned for episode one fifty. Four and thirteen is a little harsh, I guess. Um, and it's just we did predict every game, so this is kind of how way things fell. Um, I don't know, maybe the five and twelve, six and eleven, but like I, I'm not very optimistic about the the Broncos. All right, all right. So just to recap, I guess the uh, the biggest description excuse me, discrepancies we had was maybe the Patriots, even though it was only a three-game difference. I had them winning the division. The And the Broncos. I guess that's really it. Yeah. Uh, read off your one through seven seeds and your AFC winner. All right. So I have one seed, Kansas City. Two seed, New England. Three seed, Baltimore. Four seed, Tennessee. Five, Buffalo, six, Cleveland, and seven, Los Angeles. So not uh, not the Steelers. Nope. Just in the out where we missed by one game. Chargers had ten and seven. So one. And, can- and sorry, I guess my AFC champion, I guess I will reveal now, is the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I got one Chiefs, 
two Bills, three Titans, four Steelers, five Chargers, six Colts, seven Browns. Ravens missing. Yeah. I mean, again, Steelers, Browns, Ravens all at 10 and 7. So just tiebreakers there. And then my FC Championship champion is also the Chiefs. Okay. There you have it, folks. Um, Stay tuned for the NFC uh, preview episode, which will be coming out probably right after this because we're recording it right after this. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we just drop them same time. Yeah. Right. So, all right. So, yeah, be sure to check that one out as well. Uh, I'm sure we'll have timestamps for that one as well as this one. Yep. And follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. Thank you for Mr. T's for sponsoring today's episode. And we will catch you next time. See you.